This is the Bigger Pockets Podcast, Show 15. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Stay tuned and be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. Hey everyone, this is Josh Dorkin, founder and CEO of BiggerPockets.com, the real estate investing social network, information hub, and marketplace. And uh, this is this is the Bigger Pockets podcast. Here I am with my co-host Brandon Turner, live and in the flesh. We're actually sitting in the same room. It's kind of weird. That is kind of weird. We've never actually done this. I don't know. People might not know it, but when we're recording this podcast, we're usually like a thousand miles away from each other. But for the first time ever, we are at the same awkward kitchen table about six inches from each other. It's a little bit weird. It's like a little weird. He's a little close and his breath, <laughs> not that good. I'll blame it on the steak we just ate. It was good. Yes. So, yeah, no, listen, we've got Brandon in town. It's been a lot of fun. We actually we actually did something pretty exciting uh, today. Actually, yesterday we did something pretty cool. We had a little uh, Denver Bigger Pockets meetup, which is really, really cool. And here's a quick tip, not the quick tip, but a quick tip. Um, all these Denver guys got together because they all have keyword alerts set up for the word Denver on bigger pockets. So when we were like, hey, everyone in Denver, let's get together, they all showed up. It was pretty cool. Um, it was. It was. But today, uh, the the uh, the cool thing that we did was we went skydiving. Yes. But not like jumping out of a plane at a million feet and freaking out skydiving. We did the uh, the indoor skydiving and uh, it was it was awesome. It was it was very fun. It was uh, for those of you who don't know, Brandon is six five. He's not six foot twelve, as <laughs> as I, I decided uh, last last uh, week. Uh, but uh, watching this this ginormously tall guy in this round chamber spin around was was lots of fun. And you can actually uh, see photos of of Brandon and myself uh, uh, indoor skydiving. On the uh, the Bigger Pockets uh, Facebook page, correct? Correct, and that leads us to today's official quick tip. So, uh, real quick, our quick tip is go to the Facebook page of Bigger Pockets and go like us because we like friends and we uh, have a lot of conversation going on over we there. We need friends, and we need friends. So, <laughs> yeah, head on over there. Uh, it's just bigger uh, Facebook dot com slash Bigger Pockets. There you go. Uh, Facebook dot com slash Bigger Pockets. So head over there. Um, it. Yeah, like I said, it's great. So come connect with us there and check out the picture of me and Josh uh, floating and flying. Lots of fun. Lots mm. of fun. So today we're going to talk to Glenn and Amber Schwarm. Uh, Glenn and Amber are house flippers. Uh, they do a little bit of wholesaling. They've actually flipped over 100 houses and counting. And uh, they own a company called Signature Home Buyers, which is now, I, th- I think they're they're talking about being on pace of doing over 60 houses a year now. Uh they're they're fun couple. They like to do crazy stuff like skydiving, which uh, you know this is a perfect lead-in. Um, and uh, uh, you know we're we're really excited to have them. This is going to be a fantastic show. So, did you know that short and medium-term rentals often offer double the cash flow compared to long-term rentals? Well, it's true. And rental retirement just made investing in them easier than before. 
Now you can buy fully turnkey short and medium term rentals that are newly built or renovated, leased and managed. Maximize your cash flow, appreciation and equity while the rental retirement team takes care of all of it for you. Plus, their creative financing options like interest rate buy downs can get you a rate in the low fives. And their investor loans let you buy multiple properties with as little as 5% down, not 20%. 5% down. But why buy with rent to retirement? They're investors just like you and me and rock one of the highest reputations across bigger pockets with more five-star reviews than any other company on our site. And I think that's a pretty big deal. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI33777 to learn more about how you can get started investing in some of the best cash flow markets today. Are you serious about making real profits from your investment properties? Then why are you paying a property manager anywhere from 8 to 25% of your rent? Cut your expenses the savvy way by self-managing your rentals using RentReady with flat rate pricing that doesn't cut into your bottom line. You think I'm paying a property manager? Heck no. Get your hands off my cash flow. That's me slapping someone's hand. With RentReady, you can collect rent, screen tenants, track repairs, and manage accounting all from your phone. Are you a BiggerPockets Pro member? Well, guess what? Rent Ready is already included in your membership. Haven't tried it yet? Well, then what the heck are you waiting for, man? We made this possible specifically for you, Bigger Pockets Pro member. If you're not a pro, Rent Ready is offering you 50% off their annual plan. New customers visit rentready.com and use code BP2023. That's R E N T R E D I.com using code BP2023. That's BP, like Bigger Pockets, you know, the podcast that you're listening to right now in the year 2023 to save 50% off of one year of Rent Ready. Cut your expenses when you use Rent Ready to manage your rentals. Sign up today at rentready.com and use code BP2023. Finding rental property insurance has been a headache for the past few years. You know the feeling. You're scrambling, calling 20 different insurance agencies in a dozen different cities, struggling to protect your portfolio at the right cost. But I'm going to tell you a little secret that'll change everything. Veteran investors don't go through the everyday insurance companies. They just use NREG. NREG, that's N-R-E-I-G, provides insurance solely for real estate investors. They've built the largest insurance program in the country for residential tenant-occupied, vacant, and renovation properties. The best part? You can put all your properties on one insurance schedule and one monthly bill. And you can add, change, or remove properties without having to cancel one policy and purchase another. They insure properties from single-family rentals, up to 20-unit multifamily dwellings, vacation rentals, mobile homes, condos, and more. Trade catchy jingles for cash flow with insurance made for investors. Visit nreg.com slash bppod to request a proposal. N-R-E-I-G dot com slash B-P-P-O-D. Without further ado, uh, Glenn and Amber, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It is. Uh, this is our first uh, first four way conversation. We're we're very excited about it. So uh, thanks for coming on board. And uh, why don't we just jump right into this thing? Uh, what kind of investing do you guys do? We primarily uh, buy homes, renovate, and sell. So we're flippers. You guys primarily. We do a lot of wholesaling as well lately, but we we kind of cut our teeth on. Full renovations and selling. That's what we did. Gotcha. Gotcha. So flippers and wholesalers, perfect, because that is the plan. We want to talk about both of those things today. Um, how long have you guys been at it? About four and a half years, right? Yep. Yeah, four and a half years so far. Excellent. Excellent. Oh, by the way, I, I do want to make note that uh, 
Uh, they do, Glenn and Amber do have a, a new baby who is actually hanging out with us in the room, well, virtual <laughs> room here. And so if, if there's any kind of uh, interference from said baby, uh, yeah, deal with it, guys. Um, <laughs> it may be me crying, it may be the baby. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so you guys have been at it for about four and a half years, which means you kind of got into it right at, you know, as, as the bubble was, you know, had, had popped and, and things are you know, getting a little chaotic. How did that play into the whole um, decision-making on getting in? Was that part of your decision was, hey, real estate is going crazy. It's hot. It's cold. I mean, what what uh, what made you guys jump in? No, I don't think that was our decision at all. I think we did it out of, I mean, desperation. We, were, we started the business. I was about $80,000 in credit card debt, and we were both going through divorces at the time, not from each other, from different people. And um, we, were, uh, we were going through that. And uh, so really difficult time. I think we, we had always talked about doing real estate. And uh, I have always, you know, I had read books. I had bought courses many, many years ago, 20 years ago plus. And um, so always had an interest in real estate, always followed it, had friends that, that, per, that did it for a living. And, um, you know, I think we just, we wanted to get started. So we did our first house. And, uh, you know, kind of went all in with it. And I don't know if you want details of that now or. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, tell, tell us about that first deal, what, uh, what it looked like. Huh. So the first deal, uh, we, we purchased a home that was in a neighborhood that I, I lived in for 10 years. And we actually, I'll give you a little background on how we found it. We, uh, I became uh, friends with the mail carrier because I'd see her every day. I work from home. And I'd see her every day and I'd say, boy, if you ever see any houses, let me know. And so she did. She let me know about one. And I was actually in the shower and she came in and yelled and said, hey, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a house up the road. There's some people working on it. <laughs> so I got out of the shower and I actually, I actually ran up to the house and uh, walked in. And there was a, a couple that were probably, what would you say, in their 80s? Yeah. Probably in their 80s. And they were putting a countertop in. Now, if you ever put a countertop in, you know that it's not easy. And they were trying to cut the sinkhole. And they're in their 80s, and it's probably about 85 degrees outside, probably about 95 in the house. And I walked in and said, you guys have any interest in, in selling the house to us? And so we, we met them on a few different times. We really had no idea what we were doing. Um, I called a friend that we, we could still obtain financing at that time. It was just at the tail end of when you could get, if you had good credit, you could get a, a loan, um, a no-income or no-doc loan. Yeah. And that was the, that was the very tail end of that. So I called a buddy of mine and um, uh, called a buddy of mine and said, look, I said, can I get a mortgage in this house? And we did. The funny part of that story is that with the at closing, at the closing table as we're buying the house, I said to the woman, I said, you know, just out of curiosity, when did you guys decide you wanted to sell the house? And she said, the minute you walked in the door. <laughs> so looking, looking back, you know, they're you're 80 years old. It's hot. It's sticky. There, it was her, she inherited the house, and they were just trying to get – they were trying to essentially flip it themselves. But realize – I think they realized the first few weeks in, my God, what have we done? Yeah. So we walked in, bought the house. We did all the work ourselves. We, we really had no money. We maxed out every credit card we had, every line of credit. I had a little bit of home equity on one of the houses that, that I owned. We maxed everything out, um, still maintained our good credit rating, but we maxed everything out. We actually, by the time we did all the work ourselves, right? Yeah. Except for what? Except for the hardwood floors and some of some of the painting. Okay. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah, we had a gentleman come help us with that. But other than that, we did all the work ourselves. It took us, what, three months, four months? Yeah. I think we planned on having it done in two weeks, and it wound up taking like four months. 
Yeah. So we, <laughs> that we sounds very we familiar. <laughs> didn't, didn't have any contracting background, um, at all. Really didn't, didn't know much about it. And, um, uh, you know, just again, we needed the money. We needed the money and we, we wanted a lifestyle change. We wanted to, uh, to do it. And we thought that that would be the way to do it. So we sold the house and wound up at the end of the day, I think we held it for like six months, eight months, something like that. And at the end of the day, we were down to our last $1,500 of cash, credit, line of credit, whatever. We were down to our absolute last you know, pennies uh, to survive. And we weren't sure when that ran out what we were going to do. We're just praying that house is going to sell. And thankfully, it finally did. And I think we cleared around 15000 yeah, profit that sounds at, right. at the end of the day, which – you know, looking back, that was, you know, it's not certainly not what we try and shoot for now on a deal. But it, it, for us, it, after we paid all the credit card debt back off, we made 15000 And we realized that, you know, this had potential. It wasn't life-changing money by any stretch of the imagination, but it had potential. That's great. So we went to the next house. I think we, the next one was probably the one that really got us hooked. And if you want to hear about that, I'd be happy to share with that one. Well, b- before you jump into that really quickly, um, you, you know, you, you mentioned uh, talking to the mail carrier, and I, I just wanted to reiterate that point because I think it's uh, it's a really, really good piece of advice that anyone who's listening wants to jump on. You know, using your mail carrier, I mean, they walk the neighborhoods, they know it. Uh, they're a really good source for insider information. So definitely, uh, you know, get a relationship with them. It's a great way to find deals. And Brandon's pointing at himself, so I don't know if that means he's the man or if that means he <laughs> wants to talk. But uh, well, I, you, why don't you say something? I, I, just, <laughs> I just wanted to add, uh, the thing that really stood out to me there is something that people talk about a lot, um, you know, seasoned investors, is that you were solving somebody's problem. You know, price is not the only issue. I mean, these these older people, like their problem, like you said, was the heat and the fact that they were over their heads and they, you know, had a, they couldn't remodel the house themselves and didn't want to. So, you know, that that was much more important to them than, you know, price. So uh, I just wanted to point that out because I think that's huge. So um, I guess I'm also wondering, uh, Amber, actually, I have a question specifically for you is what was your thought? I mean, I'm assuming maybe I could be wrong, but Glenn, you were probably the one that I'm guessing that was driving this since you kind of had a you had read the books and the courses. Like what was it? What was your thought, Amber, going into this? Well- Glenn and I make a really good team because Glenn's more of the numbers guy. Like in our business, what he does is the buying and selling and dealing with all the attorneys and all the paperwork. And I kind of have uh, the role that most people would not anticipate that what I would have, and that's the project management role. Okay. Um, and even in the beginning, I'm you know I'm the designer. I pick out all the fixtures and the colors and the textiles and all that for the house. So we we make a really good team in that aspect. I think she's, she's an amazing designer. That really makes our houses set apart. But she's she's great at that part. I don't have vision when I walk in a house at all. I, I see the numbers very clearly. I walk in, I can see if it's going to work or not. And she looks at it. And sometimes I'll say, is this going to work? And she'll say, yeah, I can make it work. And I say, really? <laughs> she says, you got to trust me. I can do it. So we, we, we are a really good team in that respect. Yeah, I can go in a house that uh, is a hoarder house that smells like cat pee and tell them if it's going to work or not. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, she's great like that. And, you know, it's a lot like uh, we, we did a show with Jay Scott. Uh, I, I don't remember what show number it is at, at this point. But, uh, you know, he and his wife are, are very similar in their team. She does the visual, the staging stuff. And, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's great, to, great to have a team, uh, a husband-wife team. You know, it's, it's really important if, if you're, you're lacking one area to, to have uh, your, your spouse or partner uh, really fill that gap. So that's awesome. My wife and I do the okay. same thing. She's our, okay. the smart one. 
<laughs> I think we knew that. Yes. So it's, <laughs> that's always the way it is. You know, the older you get, the more you realize that yep. they are the smart ones. They are. <laughs> so, yes. um, you know, that probably segues nicely into the next piece because that next house I want to tell you about, that's the one that hooked us. But that I'll tell you about our teamwork on that. The, this next house was in the same neighborhood. We actually bought our first, I think, four houses um, or out of our first six houses, four of them were from the mail carrier. And we paid her a referral every time she brought them to us. And, you know, listen, they're not supposed to tell you a lot of stuff like that, but they're people. They're humans. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's they'll give you information if you can ask for it, you know, if you become friendly with them. So so we do take care of her and give them referral fees and that kind of stuff. But this next deal we found was about uh, two doors down from the home that I owned for 10 years. And uh, my ex-wife and kids still live there and uh, when they weren't living with us. And. We got some inside information on the home from the person across the street. They kind of told us, they said, listen, we own the house. My, you know, we have a problem. Someone's living there. We want to get them out. Here's what we'll take. And instead of having to negotiate, they said, here's what we'll take. And we looked at the numbers and said, we can make that work. So we, um, we bought that home. And it, we had the same type of financing, but we had we really were back down. We had used the $15,000 we had to survive for the next month or two. Then we had to max our credit cards out again. But here's where it kind of got interesting. We bought that house, and was it 33 days? Yep. 33 days. We did all the work ourselves, teamwork. We worked 15 to 18-hour days. Yeah, they were long. So, I mean, the the neighbors felt so bad. They were bringing food across to us and coming to see us. And, you know, it it was a good thing. But we, in 33 days, we turned that house over. We had an open house that was jam packed with people. And uh, we sold that house in a multiple bid situation for two thousand dollars over what we were asking. And this is definitely, I think this is two thousand eight. This is definitely the time that people were saying, you know, run for the hills. Real estate's no good. Nobody's buying houses. And we actually made about thirty three thousand dollars profit on that deal. And we were in and out of that thing in in no time. And I, so. I think one of the differences with that house that new people could, um, a nice little tidbit for someone that's getting started is we had a better plan for that house. Every night, uh, we would sit down and say, what do we need to do the next day? And we would stay there until we got that list done. <laughs> and that yep. that's why we were able to accomplish that in 33 days. Whereas the first house took us considerably longer. We went over budget on. But the second house, we had more of a detailed plan, and that made all the difference in the world. Yeah, for that's sure. Right. Well, right. that reminds me, Glenn, you had a you had a post on the Bigger Pockets. um uh, I guess the blog the other day uh, called "Do You Have the Mindset to Be on Shark Tank?" and you talked about um, you talked about the importance of you know not setting a uh, how much your time is worth and saying, "Well, you know, I'm not going to work that many hours." You know, what can you tell us about that? Because I, I thought that was an awesome post. Uh, tell us in what respect? What would you like to know? I mean, well, I guess I, I, if you could just kind of explain like your your theory behind you know if if you work, people like to say, "Well." I'm not going to work 18 hours a day because that would only account to, you know, $10 an hour and I'm worth more than that. Um, yeah. I guess you have any thoughts on that? You know, I think, I think it's a matter of, you know, we're, like I said, I think it was that post, another post, we invest our time. And when you invest something, you're hoping for a greater return. And so um, you may not get it. People invest money all the time and don't get a great return. But, but if you invest your time, you may not get a great return. It might be $10 an hour. But I can tell you in this case, we invested our time. I, I've never done the math on it. I actually never do the math to determine an hourly rate. It's just not how my brain works. But there was two of us work 18 hours a day for 33 days straight. 
may have had a half a day off here and there if we slept in one morning. But <laughs> um, and we, you know, we profited. It was a little over thirty three thousand dollars. So even if you split our time, that's you know, that's not a bad income yeah. for a month. So I don't care how many hours you worked for it. So it's, it's fifty five dollars uh, an hour. Ooh, all right. So I'm Rain Man. That was nice. Just out of curiosity, is that per? Is that for each of us? I uh, oh wait, actually, you each worked eighteen hour days. Yep. So cut that in half. So that's uh, twenty seven dollars. So so be it. So twenty seven bucks an hour. People may say I'm not worth that, or that's or I'm I'm you know that's too small for me. Maybe so, but but the education that we learned from that deal, I'd forgotten all about that. Never. That's a good point you brought up. That we had a daily plan every every night. We went home and said. You know, as exhausted as we were, and you know, you know, tensions can run high when you've got two Type A personalities and they're working too. You know, but we we managed through. We had that plan every day, and we learned so much by that because that plan. If you look back, I'd never thought about this till now, but that was the beginnings of what we have our scope of work now. Right. That was the early days of what a scope of work looked like. We just did it ourselves. You know, we held ourselves accountable every day. But you know, and now if you look at that time invested, maybe it was twenty seven dollars an hour, but now we're we're not on job sites you know we have i think right now we have um i just counted this morning i think i have 14 we have 14 houses that are um in process whether it be they're just finishing up their staging we're shooting video or they're under construction or we're just about to close on them so you know i think there's a real good point to be made that glenn mentioned too about the education that you get from your first several deals i mean we still we've been in the business for four and a half years and we still learn stuff but especially in the very beginning, maybe you're not making as much as you want to make. Maybe you have to partner up with somebody else and make less because they've got the money or whatever. But just the sheer education you get, you can't put a dollar figure on that. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think that's a huge aspect. And wasn't that the house too that I sold my car? So we had the money to do? Yeah. So, that, Amber, she has to tell you, this is a good story. So we didn't have quite enough money to finish the renovation. So talk about not only the education you get, but the sacrifices sometimes you have to make in order to get your business started. Um, I had I had a, a C230 compressor sport Mercedes that mm. I really, really liked. Um, but I had about $10,000 equity in it, and we needed that money to finish the renovation so we could finish the house and get it on the market. So I actually had to sell my car just so we'd have enough money to finish. Wow. And we spent the next few months... Oh, a year with one car. Yeah, a year with kids. one car as we're building the business. And that, that now, you know, you may say boo-hoo, but we still, we had two kids that had to go back and forth to everything under the sun and school and everything else with one car. So it was a, you know, definite sacrifice. My, my point to that before was that now we've got all these houses going and we're not going to all of them. We have teams of people that do things because we've built a system that helps us to, to do that. So that time invested now is able to train other people to do that work for us. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. And we'll we'll get into that. We definitely want to talk about how you guys kind of started to build out your system and and grow it. And you know, boohoo to you and your sacrifice on that Mercedes. Gosh <laughs> darn it! <laughs> her, her ruby slippers were way too tight. This year. <laughs> hey, so so tell you know before we get into to to some of some of the uh, more detailed stuff on that. Um, have you guys? So have you guys have any? Failure, uh, you know, obviously you've made mistakes. Everybody makes makes mistakes. Have you had projects where you guys have actually lost money or, or uh, you know, have you guys always been successful in terms of turning profit on your deals? No, we've had out of 100 plus deals, we're, we're well over 100 uh, deals now. I think we've had about three that were not profitable. Okay. And, um, yeah, so I mean that, you know, I can certainly share some details, but that's, 
that that happens. Well, what you know, you don't need to get into the the details. I don't, but I, I don't mind. No, no, no. I mean, we're not we're not gonna have time if if we do that. But but <laughs> let's talk about like there's got to be one or two things that led to those uh, those those uh, losses, right? So you know, what would you say the keys were in uh, actually losing money on on three percent of your deals or so? I would say the first deal that I'm thinking about. Um, the the tip is to do your own homework and make sure you do it thoroughly and run your numbers realistically. I've seen a lot of great posts on Bigger Pockets of people that say, you know, trust the numbers. And even even as a someone who's done a hundred deals, I read that. I forgot who wrote that post. I sorry, I should give him credit, but it was um, uh, it was something about trusting the numbers. And I thought, boy, that is so true. You know. We didn't trust the numbers on our first deal. An agent came to us and said, I know this neighborhood. These houses sell fast. It's a quick flip. Every time I hear quick flip now, my, my, the skin of my neck crawls. <laughs> I go, quick flip, huh? Yeah, good for you. Well, you, you invest in it then if it's so quick. And we invested <laughs> in it in something that was, you know, she said it was like, be a quick flip. And it wasn't. We had every problem under the sun, and it didn't sell for what they thought. And we wound up losing about 4000 bucks on the deal. Yeah. You know, and it was – um. It it was believe it or not it was probably at the time not a good experience but now again from what we learned it's been a fantastic experience because those mistakes we don't make anymore someone says I have a quick flip I say yeah go call somebody else so I, I would also like to add that um, in our business we grew a little bit too fast at one point and we had too many projects going at once so we couldn't start them as soon as we wanted to yeah. so preparation I think is key. Yeah, maintaining your, you know, controlling your holding costs and your soft costs that you don't see every day, that that will kill you if you don't maintain that. And that's what happened on the other two deals. Yeah, that, Got it. that's true. And I think you you hit on something really important there was don't just trust your realtor to tell you what the property is going to be worth. I had a property once that uh, the realtor said it would be worth 110 when it was finished. And we bought it, I think, for 40 put 20 into it. By the time we sold it, we sold it for 60 I mean, we sold it for 60 <laughs> Like, Ouch. I don't know how you get that far off 110 versus 60. And I know the market was dropping then, but still like I should have yeah. never just, I mean, realtors are, they're the optimistic and you know, that that's their job that's to their be optimistic. Job yep. to, yeah. 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 Driven. Yep. They're, exactly. They're driven. They're, they want you to, and not that they're trying to be dishonest. They may really believe that the house might sell for that. But let me tell you, until it's your own money. You think very differently about it. Yep. You know? And, and yeah. that's a great point, by the way, Glenn, because I got to tell you, I mean, you know, I've been doing this for, for eight and a half years and I know a ton of realtors who are, you know, they work with investors, a good, good, good chunk of them all want to be investors and they yeah. haven't had the experience of working from the other side. And I'm not saying all of them, but you know, that's a, that's a really good point until they've kind of walked in your shoes you know, you got to be really careful. You got to be really yeah. careful. So, yeah, the number the numbers might look large. You know, you say, "Well, I can buy a house for a hundred and sell it for a hundred and forty. Wow! And people they always think that they look on the outside and say, "Wow, you, you're going to make forty grand? I'm not going to make it. No, I'm going to lose money on that deal. There's not enough money to do the deal. You know, people don't understand all the costs that are associated with it. So, yeah. And for somebody that's brand new into this industry, I would say. Double what you think your timeline is going to be, and double your budget. I uh, that's Just great so you advice. Cover yourself. That's yeah. great advice. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's you, go. You can go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was say, so let's go a little bit more into that flipping stuff because now that we're you know we're we're talking about flipping. So, what do you what do you look for in a good flip? I mean, what kind of property do you flip? We single family primarily. We've only done one two family, but we actually converted that back to a single family. So, single families. We try. 
Though we've done, we have some exceptions to this rule. Primarily, we try and find a house that we can purchase, renovate, and then sell it for a profit, but be able to have the 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 final price be under two hundred thousand, preferably in the one fifty to one seventy range. And two bathrooms. Oh yeah, we <laughs> that's a huge. Yeah, thing. we learned that the hard way. It's worth it to add a bathroom to a house in today's market for sure. Hey, really, really quick, let's talk about that. So, I'm, I'm pr- presumably you guys are looking at what three twos? Is that is that kind of your bread and butter? Twos, four twos, yes. Okay. Well, that's that's what we turn them into. We 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 add, buy a lot of three ones and or four ones and turn them into those. So. Okay, so actually. We buy a lot of houses that are two bedrooms and one bath that have has an attic, and we convert the attic into a master suite. Awesome. Can yeah. we talk about that? Be, because I, I had a conversation with somebody um, who's uh, flipping right now, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, I just started flipping these these one bedrooms," and I'm like, "You know, you you got to go to the, the the twos, man. You got to go to the twos." And you know, why? Let's since you guys are here, let's talk about that. Why? Why do people want these three twos? Why? Why is that called the bread and butter house for for uh, these investors? You know, why well, are we focusing on them? I think it probably depends on where you live. Like, if you live in a pretty metropolitan city, maybe two bedrooms are okay. If people are used to living in apartments or whatever, so I, I think that is probably kind of area dependent. In our area, though, we we sell primarily to first time home buyers, people that are just starting their families, people that have kids. So they want two bathrooms. People love the master suite thing, um, and they need they need three to four bedrooms. That's that's the desirable home here. You know that I think right now. Okay. Well, that that was a mistake I made on that house from the 110 to 60. It was a two bedroom, and I didn't realize two bedrooms don't sell in my neighborhood. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't look at a lot of other markets around the country, but I know for our market, um, there's just so much inventory that they have to choose from that people the buyers want what they want now, and they we've noticed that you know if we don't put an extra bath in that house, that we're going to take a lot less you know yep. for that house. So. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, that's that was that was the point I I made. So yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I just you know I thought it's important because I don't think we've ever actually talked about that on the podcast, and I know a lot of people probably have that same question: Why three two? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There you go. And and we try and be over a thousand square feet, preferably twelve hundred, and that kind of thing. That makes sense. And I'm assuming you don't do your own work anymore, like when you started. You keep, you can't do your own work, right? With that numbers that you deal with. Oh no. Yeah. No, we we. <laughs> No, I let Amber speak on that because Amber right now Amber runs all the crews temporarily. We have a, a project manager in training here, so we'll go ahead. But we we did the first three houses. We did all the work ourselves, and after that, we th- this was more Glenn's big vision thinking. Um, we started subbing things out because we could do more houses at once by doing that. Yeah, the first the first time that happened, you know, I don't know that it happened by choice as much as it just sort of. Uh, we wound up with two houses at the same time, and we thought to ourselves, "How are we going to do this?" You know, it just happened to both come up, and it didn't have the money, and the fi- the bank financing disappeared, and it was that literally happened overnight. I called up my buddy and said, "Hey, I want to get a loan." He said, "All done." What do you mean, all done? I said, "I, d- I paid those off." Yeah, no, it's not you. It's all done. Wow. I said, okay. <laughs> so we uh, proceeded to look for private investors, and we found a good friend of ours who we we asked her to take our home equity loan out. And we agreed to pay her 14%, I think it was, or at the time, this is going back a little bit, and uh, her home equity was costing her 4%, so she was clearing 10% of money that wasn't hers. And, um, you know, we started our private investor base. We now have about $2.5 million in private investor funds, but that's how it started. And then we realized that we can't be at two sites, so we started to hire contractors, and that's kind of how that started to blossom. No, that's awesome. So do you have any tips for finding, you know, good contractors? No, next question. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's it's 
That I would say is probably been the t- would you say it's probably the toughest thing yeah. we've had to deal with? Yeah, that's the toughest thing. I think you've you've really got to have a good solid interviewing process. And again, I saw a great article that just came out. I read all I read as many articles as I can on the bigger pockets. I, I even being a seasoned vet, I I love reading the things on there. But um, log by the way, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, no problem. No, it, it, there was an article that I saw it was all about interviewing contractors, and I said, man, that I was reading it thinking, oh boy, I live that every day. But I let I let Amber speak to that because she's done a lot of that. That that is definitely tough. We we have been lucky enough to find some really good ones. Um, in the beginning, we made the mistake of going with some of the cheaper ones and paying the price for that. And so now we <laughs> we tell the guys, look, we don't pay you know top dollar rates. We don't pay bottom dollar rates. We're somewhere in the middle. But here's your here's your cherry on top. Is we'll give you year round work, and you don't have to go out and advertise for it. You don't have to go out and bid on jobs that you're not going to get. Um, so, you know, let's, let's keep a balanced approach at this with the pricing and timeline and everything. And, um, I had one contractor tell me that there's three things you're looking for quality, you're looking for time and you're looking for budget pick two. (laughs) Yep, yep. And that is like so true. And you know, it's Um, fascinating. I, you know, I, I've done a couple projects recently and, and I got to tell you, I, you know, I try not to kind of talk about my this network, this bigger pocket site, and but you know when when it comes to a contractor, I'm going to use whatever leverage I can. So <laughs> like, hey guy, you know I've got this site. We've got I I know investors all over this area and everywhere else, but this area in particular. So do me a favor, do a good job, and you will not have to advertise. You will have work forever, and they still screw up, <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's it's astonishing. You know I I think. You know, I'm not saying all. Obviously, not all contractors screw up, and not all contractors are bad. But I, I can't. I just can't. I still can't get myself around why on earth these guys, in general, broad terms, I'm going to get lots of hate mail from the contractors. <laughs> um, can't can't figure it out. I think. Well, I think. Oh, well, I, I think another thing is that we've encountered personally is that um, they have a tendency to get a little bitter too. They, they, you know, they're businessmen too. So they ask questions, Hey, what'd you buy this house for? And then they find out what we're selling it for. And they, they think they know what the spread is, even though they probably aren't counting all of the holding costs. Yep. Um, but so they look at the difference there and well, they should be paying me more. But the fact of the matter is they're not the ones that are taking the risk. Yeah. They get paid either way. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, one of the very first seminars we ever went to together um, five years ago or whatever it was, the woman that spoke said, you know, I'm looking for mature, responsible adults. And she went on and she hammered that point home. And, you know, at the time I thought, boy, she's getting a little, little powerful about that. What's the big deal? Huh. Now I know exactly what the big deal was now that we've lived through it. And it's so important. You know, Amber and I have said before, it's like, it's almost like dating. You have to go through, you have to kiss a lot of frogs to you know, find your prince. Not that we kiss our contract, you know, very often. We, we, uh, you know, you have to go, you have to sort through and sort through and sort through. We, we now are fortunate to have three or four, maybe even five now, solid people that seem to have our back. We've been with this for a while and it's, it's been a good, uh, once you find those guys, your business will start to look very different. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hey, so you had talked about the the private investors, and we'll we'll jump back to flipping in a sec. Um, can can you talk a little bit about building that private investor base? Sure, that was kind of my side of the business when we got started. I, and ironically, the the like I said, the first investor we had was a friend of Amber's, and um, we just kind of sat down, and, you know, proposed that to her. I think one of the key things we did that was made us successful is that we had a property. So we sat down with them. We said, here we have a property. We need funding for, and that sort of creates urgency on the part of someone that might be considering 
um, becoming an investor. Because now there's, you know, if you go to someone and say, hey, do you want to invest with me? And they say, well, I don't know. You know, what, what do you have? Well, nothing yet. But and there's nothing wrong with planting those seeds. But when you have something tangible in your hand, that some, there's, a, there's a timeline to it, people start to think a little more serious about it. So we start with that first one. Um, that went well. But then again, we had another house coming up very, very shortly after, and we needed additional. So I actually put together a packet that um, just kind of explained who we are, what we do, the type of charity we do in the town. We sponsor some baseball teams and that kind of stuff. We had our picture in there and uh, with the team. And I put a nice, a nice package together, and I sent it out to maybe you know 20 or 30 people that I knew. I went and met with some people that I knew who I, who I thought may have money or may – may have known of people that had money. And I, did, I didn't take a direct approach. In other words, I didn't call and say, hey, do you want to invest money with me? I, I sent it out to everybody because I know people don't always like to be sold on things. So I, I sent it out to everybody and said, hey, do you know anybody that might want to invest with us? You know, we're paying 12%. Uh, at the time we're paying 12, I said, do you, um, do you know anybody that might want to invest? And by the way, I'm happy to pay you a 1% referral fee. If they invest $100,000, we'll pay you a $1,000 bonus. So, you know, or a, a referral fee. And that's sort of how it started. And we are fortunate enough to have a, um, I call him my sugar daddy. We had a guy <laughs> from, uh, from Massachusetts and uh, he was an old friend. We had done business together in the past. I hadn't talked to him for a number of years. And he kind of called up and said, what is this you have going on? It was right when the stock market had crashed and he had cashed out and uh, had some cash on the sidelines. And, um, um, you know, it was a substantial amount. It was enough to do three or four deals. And we started our, started our dance. And then he started to refer other, other friends and uh, then, you know, as we grew, um, this is sort of a cute, funny story. One of our investors it was actually a delivery man for Home Depot. So talk about, talk about not knowing who you're talking to and to treat everybody the same. We're, not, we're never ones to condescend or, or uh, we, we, do, we try and treat everybody the same, just whoever we meet in life, you know. And um, I don't care if you're the President of the United States, you're taking my garbage out. I could care less what you do for a living. I just want to know who you are as a person. So um, this driver had been investigating us. We didn't even know that, but he was going to job sites and saying, I keep delivering to these guys, signature home buyers. What, who are these guys? I keep delivering stuff to them. And he called us up one day and said, I've been checking you out. I've been asking your contractors if you pay your bills. I've been asking a lot about you. And we were, we were becoming the top buyer at Home Depot. We actually have been for many years now, the top buyer there. And, um, he said, I've got some money to invest in my IRA. Can you help me out with that? And we, we have people set up that we use, a we use, uh, you know, self-directed IRAs. Uh, we helped them do that, and we got them set up. But what a great story that he investigated us and came to us and approached us because yeah. he saw how we ran our business. That's awesome. So that was a story. I, I yeah. think another thing is, too, people have um, a fear of rejection, so they're afraid to even ask. And there's money all around us from people that you wouldn't think. All I mean, over. you wouldn't think the Home Depot driver would have had money. But another kind of cute story, our third house, we actually partnered with a couple. Um, and at the closing table, they got like $60,000 back. Um, so I was sitting there and I said, so what you going to do with that money? <laughs> yeah. So they actually invested in our company. Um, and it's from the sale of that house that we bought from them, one of the rehabs that we did. And they've now invested all of their retirement income with us as well. Oh, yeah. Cool. yeah. If Amber, if Amber hadn't asked that question, you know, I don't know if we'd have them as investors today, but she, we got done with the deal and she said, that was just, that was a, that was a good line. I looked up and she said, I don't know. What do you have in mind? <laughs> we yeah. said, well, let's talk. Yeah. So. Don't be yeah. afraid to ask. That's that's yeah. great. Oh, that's for sure. You never yeah. know. Yeah. Never know. Passive income without the property headache? It's possible. 
There's a way to invest passively in real estate and get monthly income without any tenants, maintenance, or property management. The wealthy have been doing this for years, and if you're an accredited or high net worth investor, you too can collect cash flow without the headaches that come from owning rentals. How? By investing in a private real estate fund with PPR Capital Management. PPR's co-founder, Dave Van Horn, wrote the book on real estate note investing for BP. But he's not just investing in notes. Dave and his team also have an extensive background in commercial real estate. And with PPR Capital Management, they're strategically investing in both notes and commercial real estate nationwide. With over half a billion dollars in assets under management, PPR has provided individuals with a steady source of truly passive income since 2007 without ever missing a payment. Check them out at investwithppr.com. Again, if you're looking to get monthly passive income from an experienced team with a strong track record, go to investwithppr.com today. Remember when you had to pay to get a Leeds phone number? It was like the dark ages. Until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com bp. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com bp. Every lender loves to talk about how easy it is to get a mortgage. Then when it's time to fund your next deal, they ask for your full financials, your blood type, your mother's famous spaghetti recipe, and a map to the fountain of youth. Sound familiar? You got all that handy, right? Why not switch to a lender who actually makes qualifying for a loan easy? A lender like Host Financial. Host Financial takes the tedious tax returns, endless W-2s, and time-consuming financial requests out of the picture. Their light doc and common sense underwriting guidelines mean frictionless transactions every time. You'll even be able to use the actual or projected income of the short-term or long-term rental you're looking to purchase or pull equity out of. That's what lending built for investors looks like. So take the next step and grow your portfolio faster. Visit hostfinancial.com to request a quote in as fast as 60 seconds, which is faster than this ad. If not, it's pretty close. That's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Again, that's host, H-O-S-T, financial.com. Hey, so, uh, you know, one of, one of your early posts, we're, we're talking about flipping here before I jumped over to, to the private money. Um, one of the early posts in the blog talked about uh, how you flipped a property from 20K to 85 in, uh, what was it? it was under a week, I, th- I think it was. So can, t- tell us a little bit about that one. That seems like an interesting story for folks. We, we do about three a day of those, don't we, Andy? <laughs> 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 we, we, um, the beach, you know, those, right? those, yeah. <laughs> those do not happen all the time. I want to make sure people know that. That's, I, I know sometimes people have a deal like that and they tend to go on and on like that's how their life is every day, but that's just not the way it is. But if you're in the game long enough, I think eventually you're going to find one of those. And that was, you know, someone called off a bandit sign, which we use a lot of. Um, I personally think they're kind of cheesy, but by God, people call them every day. So we use them. So um, I don't mean to offend anybody that uses them if they think they're cheesy, but they just, you know. <laughs> 
I, I'm not I, a fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not either, but they work. So I have a hard time not using them. So, um, cause people call them all the time. So anyways, someone called off this and we met with the, um, we met with the, the family. They'd owned the house for a number of years. It was full of stuff and they just wanted out. And, you know, I think I had written in the blog, I, we, we offered them 20,000 and they, without hesitation said, yes, I thought I should offer them 10. <laughs> You know, they just they they had inherited it, and they didn't really need the money. They just wanted to get out, and uh, we bought it. And we have a, a agreement with a guy that owns a local shop here that he he pays us to clean the house out because he it's just like storage wars. You know, he wants to go in there and and get all that stuff to sell. So he uh, paid us whatever the few hundred bucks, whatever it was, and went in, cleaned it out, made it broom swept. We put it on the market, and we had we had all kinds of offers and sold it right away. And it was actually a neighbor that wanted to, like a neighbor wanted to buy it so his son could live there. So he had to have it in the neighborhood. So we, I literally walked in the house once. I walked in and said, let's get this cleaned out. We made a couple of phone calls and, you know, we had to do some stuff to sell it and whatnot. But, and we had, we actually had to purchase it. But I mean, with at 20 grand, you could just about buy it on a credit card, you know? So it was a, that was a, that was a good day. Those don't happen every day. It was a good day. Another kind of fun story was uh, we had a guy working for us and someone called off of a bandit sign again and he came to Glenn and said, this lady said she'd sell us her house for a dollar. And he said, how much should we offer her? Glenn <laughs> said, a dollar. <laughs> so it goes back to your point about um, solving other people's problems. You know, one person might look at that scenario and say, oh, you really took advantage of that person. But what really happened, that lady didn't want the house. It was in a bad neighborhood. She had to pay taxes. She lived out of state. She didn't want the headache of it. She wanted to get rid of it. So she was happy to sell it for a dollar. Yeah, we bought that for a dollar. We, we paid a crew, I think, $600 to clean it out. It had about 30,000 dead pigeon carcasses in it. That was a mm. lovely smell. But, <laughs> but they cleaned it out. Again, she didn't want to deal with it. She's out of state, and she was paying, I think, six grand a year in taxes. So it was killing her. Yeah. So we bought it and sold it uh, about two months later for seven grand and you know, made a few dollars there and walked away. So it was, you know, nice. helped her out of a situation and made a few bucks for ourselves. You have photos of the uh, 30,000 pigeons? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the smell still has some of my clothes. <laughs> well, no, I burned those. <laughs> well, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> well, we'll be sure we're gonna we're gonna link in the show notes as well to that to that story about the uh, you know the twenty to eighty five thousand thing because that was a really really good article. So that'll be on the show notes at biggerpockets dot com slash. Show 15. Show 15. Yeah, show 15. <laughs> so, uh, well, let's go over to, because that was a really quick turnaround. Let's go to even maybe quicker turnarounds. Talk about wholesaling. You said you've been kind of moving into more wholesaling lately. Um, it sounds like your business model might be expanding anyway. Um, so, I, you know, we talked a lot about it in episode 12 with uh, Sharon Vornholt about wholesaling. Uh, but what does the process look like for you guys? Like, how, how do you do a wholesale deal? What's it look like? Well, um, Number one, we you know, wholesaling came as a byproduct of doing a lot of marketing, and then find you know, for years people would call, we'd ask a few questions, and then we'd turn our back and say, no, that's not a property for us, and we let it go. And then you know, one day we started thinking about you know, there are people that just because we don't like that neighborhood doesn't mean there are other investors that don't like that neighborhood. So what are we doing? It doesn't make any sense. Someone calls and says, I want to sell a property. Why aren't we selling it to another investor? And so that's how kind of how wholesaling was born. Um, and I think for the, the first deal we ever did, we actually purchased a home. So this time we actually purchased one, but we bought it. And a woman called me up 
the day we bought, we put a sign in the yard the first day, said coming soon. And she called that day and said, how about I give you 10 grand for the house above what you paid? And I said, what? <laughs> and I actually had to say, I said, do you want to see it? She goes, no, I'm all set. I go, no, I'd feel better if you actually saw the house. I don't want you backing out. Goes, I went back out. I went short of the house and she bought it. So I said, huh, well, that was interesting. So that got our brains thinking in that direction. So for us now, whole, here's what wholesaling looks like. We have consultants that work for us. With the phone rings here every day with people that want to sell their house. Our consultants go out and they look at those properties um, and we place them under contract if we can. And then we go out and find a, you know, we have a huge buyer's list. So we'll market to that buyer's list and find a seller. And then we'll, you know, we make the spread. So if we buy it for 10 and sell it for 15, there's a 5,000 spread there. Um, our girls get a, a sizable commission on that every time they do that. And uh, that's how, that's how we do things. Now, I don't, I don't know how everybody else does it. I really don't have any idea, but <clears throat> I've heard different ways over the years and certainly everybody has their own way they do things, but we're very upfront with people when we talk to them. Um, I've heard of stories in the past where people put them under contract and put, you know, um, uh, on the con- under the name. They might just put a, you know, and or signs or something like that. Then they run around, they try and find a buyer. Right. Um, and you're maybe not, and I don't want to offend anybody if they're doing it this way. Certainly, if it works, keep doing it. But if you're bringing people into the house and you're saying they're a contractor, but really they're an investor and that kind of stuff, it just, I don't, we don't ever want our image to be shady at all. So just because of what we heard happen before we were in the business. Um, so we have a, an agreement up front that we have them sign. It, said, it, it states out exactly what we're going to do. It says, look, it, you, know, you have a house you want to sell. You don't want to necessarily put it on the market. You want quick money. We know people. We're going to buy it from you for this price. We give them a price. We're going to then go out and sell it for more money. And whatever we get is what we get. You get what you want. We get what we want. There's no extra fees out of you, and we get the difference. If it's you know a couple thousand bucks or ten thousand bucks, that's what we get. So they know going in exactly what we're going to do. I think, I think they respect us for it. We have to explain it a little differently, but I think it opens up um, a lot of trust right there because they know what we're doing. We're not just coming back trying to be. Oh, hey, here's a contract when really it's an investor and you're trying to sneak them in the door and all that kind of stuff. So, do you do a double closing then, or do you do? You said you don't yes. really do assignment. Okay. Um, yeah, we, yeah, it happens. In, yeah, it happens right there at the table. Okay. Do you want to explain real quick what a double closing is, just in case they didn't listen to the uh, Sharon Bornholtz podcast? Yeah, we, we, we literally buy it officially. We buy it right there with, with the, um, the end user's money, so to speak. So it's not our money. We, the end user's money comes in and purchases that house, but we uh, we buy it and sell it within five minutes. It literally is a close to buy and then a close to sell a few minutes later. All happens in the same day. Maybe a few minutes, but it all happens in the same day. Okay, so here's a question. I, me and Josh were talking about wholesaling the other day, and here's a question I don't um, I don't know the answer to, and so maybe you can answer it for me. So let's say you find a house and you want to wholesale it, and let's say I don't know twenty thousand dollars you can buy this house for, and you go talk to another investor, you know. What happens if the other investor doesn't end up coming through? What if on the day of closing he backs out? Who pays for, you know, all the the title company who had to do their work and all that? Like does that ever happen or I've never had it happen. We've probably done 50 of them I think maybe or so and I've never I've never had that happen. I think we we stay right with it. Oh, one well so here this is one thing we do. We get a very large deposit if you're if the house is twenty grand, we want five thousand dollars down. That you know, not too long ago, we did a deal where we bought a house for I don't remember what the numbers were, but we bought it for a price. We ended up selling it for eighteen thousand, but um, the person because it was a multiple bid situation, we said they said what should our deposit be? We said 
your deposit should be 18,000. And that's what they gave certified funds, 18,000. And if they're that committed, yeah, they don't walk away. So I don't take 25 bucks or a hundred bucks or even a thousand bucks on a, on a cash transaction. It's gotta be, it's gotta be something that's going to hurt if they walk away from it. That's great. That way they're committed. So that's maybe that's why it's never happened to me. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, cool. Let's, let's talk about marketing a little bit because you, you know, this is funny. I actually see your ads all over the internet for We Buy Houses, uh, for your company. I think it's because I went to your website and then, you know, Google knows that I've yeah. been there, but you guys have great ads. I mean, they, they stand out. So you guys, I consider you like expert marketers. So, and obviously you're getting people. So what can you tell us about your marketing? I guess, what do you do? I, I've, I gotta be honest. I don't think we're expert marketers at all. I think, you know, you know, you know we found you guys back a few months back through Sharon. Oh, okay. right we, I love Sharon. I mean, I, I, I was reading Sharon's articles and I, I don't, I'm not a guy that spends a lot of time on blogs and that kind of stuff. And, and honestly, I've seen a, you know, there's a lot of real estate blogs out there. You guys are, you know, bigger pockets and I'm not just, you know, I know you're going to pay me after for saying this. Josh, but, <laughs> you know, it, it really, no, but in all seriousness, it was, it, it caught my attention as the way we run our business. So when I was reading Sharon's articles, it was about, um, marketing and her and I started some dialogue and, um, on the, on the blog and have developed a little friendship there, so we kind of exchange ideas. But I think she's much more of a master at it than, than we are. You know, I think we, again, those signs are ridiculous. I don't love them, but they, but they make the phone ring. We've, we do direct mail now. That's been successful. Makes the phone ring. We sponsor a lot of uh, organizations around here, baseball teams and that kind of stuff. We've, we've purchased. investor group. What's that? We're, we're part of a local investor group. Yeah, I heard that from, a, from one of our mentors early on. They said, you know, become the person in your local circle, in your local – we don't have a RIA here. I think they, they're still called RIAs around the nation, but we have a group called Action Investor Network that's here in Albany. And it's, it's a very similar thing. Guys that have the same philosophy as, as Amber and I do started this organization, and now there's, you know, 100-plus people that show up at the meeting um, all the time, every, once a month, and they know to come to us if there's a deal. So that's – I think get out there in the, in the neighborhood, make sure people know who you are, make sure your name is out there, and do what you say you're going to do, have integrity, do it with character, don't be shady, and I think your name will get out there, people will know that if they want to sell a house, they can come to you. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. great. That's great. Hey, I just, I, I do want to do my, my, my famous disclaimers here um, on the bandit signs, because we, we talked about it, and I, I had my little smart, smart Alec comment back there. <laughs> this is a G-rated show, guys, I can't say that, honestly. Um, but... Uh, you know, a lot of folks look at bandit signs, um, you know, and, and they are effective. We're not going to deny that. But, you know, I will say they are illegal in a lot of places. And, and so if you are putting them out in, in places where they are not allowed, um, you know, it, it's, it's going to reflect upon you. So, you know, be sure that, that you're allowed to use them uh, if, if uh, you're thinking about it. Uh, be, because it will reflect upon you if you're if you're doing so otherwise. And and to your other point on um, you know credibility, it you know can't reiterate that enough. I mean, it's so important. And and particularly since we're talking about wholesaling, you know, we see this day in and day out on 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 our site and everywhere on the internet. You'll see people who just come in; they're brand new. They just came from from some guru, and they're all ready to you know jump in, and they're so excited. And suddenly they're talking about you know, 300 deals that they have and I've got property in 50 states and, you know, come on, <laughs> give me a break. I mean, yeah. you know, seriously, you're, I will never work with you. You know, most people who have been doing this will never work with you the second you do that. And, and so you got to be smart. You got to be credible. And, and, you know, I, I'm, 
I'm very glad that that you guys uh, have have focused on on that right now. I think it's, it's so important to be yourself. I think every time we have the same thing. Every time a guru comes through here, the town we get a million phone calls and people say, hey, I want to work with a buyer. And, and I, I take him under my wing and say, look, I'm happy to help you. You know, bring something to us. I'd be happy to step you through if you have a deal. And, um, you know, but just be yourself. Don't don't call up being like that. Yeah. Being, being salesy. You know, yeah. just be yourself. For sure. So. For sure. And, and let's talk re- really, really quickly. You had talked about having a local group that, w- that wasn't a RIA. You know, I think that's another kind of important point that we should emphasize here uh, for folks. You know, there are... You know, if there are not real estate clubs, uh, RIAs in your area, um, and and there aren't any lo- local investor meetups or anything, start your own. I, I mean, absolutely, the, the value of of networking face to face with with your with with local people is uh, unbelievably important, isn't it? Very much so. I mean, again, just just being out there, you'll find deals, you'll find people. When when a deal does come along, you'll know who to talk to, and you'll have the confidence to walk up to somebody and say, "Hey, I know we've you know talked a few times, but I've got something here." You know, and that's you know where to go. So I think it's important that you do that. And certainly, these guys that started the group here, we were you know we were we were one of the earlier sponsors of the group, but um, but not certainly at the very beginning. But they it was two guys that just wanted to have a group here, and they did it, and it's tried to be a great resource for us. For so, buying and selling. But yeah, buying and selling for sure. We bought homes in there and sold homes and. Wholesale and all that stuff. Okay, yeah. Um, let's let's talk a little bit more on that about you know the integrity and the the thing. In one of your recent blog posts, uh, you talked about relationships and how they're one of the biggest reasons for your success. I think you mentioned that you guys send thank you letters to people and and cards. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? About I guess why that's important. And- sure. I mean, I you know I think you could read all the books you want and go to all the seminars you want, but at the end of the day, it's a people business. You know, we're out there talking to people. We're we're buying houses from people. We sell houses to people. We real good realtors who are people, you know, and on and on and on. We're all people. So all of us like to feel appreciated. We all like to feel like we're we mean something to somebody else or, you know, that we're doing the right thing. And I think that, you know, behavior that is um, rewarded is usually repeated. That's a good parent tip there for us. And yeah, that's a good quotable so, quote. It is. Yeah. So it's um I think that if you can, you know, thank somebody for doing a good job for you. How often do those realtors get a thank you? I mean, they might get a thank you, but we send out a little thing with brownies to them at every transaction. Every time we do a deal, they get brownies. And I can't tell you how many times we get the phone call, hey, I got a bunch of brownies here. Thanks. You know, <laughs> and it, it, but they remember us. And every time they, anytime any agent does a showing at one of our houses, just a showing, we send a card. And it has our logo, and it says, thanks for doing it. It's a, it's a standard card. After they've gone to a few, they see they get the same one, but it has their name on it. And it just says, thank you for doing this. And so... I, I had an interesting thing that happened not too long ago. There was um, uh, someone who came to work for us, and the, the, when she came to work for us, of course, the brokerage was not happy in losing her, especially to a, an investment company. <laughs> and we're not a brokerage, but, but we needed consultants to work our deals. So they were not happy, and so they were trying everything they could to sort, sort, of, sort of bash us. And um, all I heard was – I didn't hear the details, but I heard that, that you know, they were saying some things that made us look not so favorable. And I – Take a lot of pride and Amber does to it in our reputation. And so a lot of people I think would have called them in confrontational and said, Why do you say that? Why did you do that? You know, why did you why did you say that about us? I took a few days to think about it and I wrote them each a card. And the card just said, I heard some things that I wasn't sure what was said, but I just wanted to make sure that we were still good because obviously we're gonna have a long relationship together. We've done business in the past, we're gonna do business in the future. So here's some cookies just to say no hard feelings. I know it's business and all is fair in love and war, but I just wanted to make sure that you knew 
that, you know, no hard feelings on my part. I understand it's hard to lose somebody. I got phone calls from every one of those people saying, I didn't, I didn't say anything bad. I just, you know, I just, was, I said, I, I know it's all good. I'm just letting you know. And so I think I, I tried to take a situation that, um, you know, could have been bad. And I could have, I could have burned some bridges with some top agents in the area. And I turned it around to something that, that they remember that we're a decent, decent company to work with. Yeah, that's great. Great story. Awesome. Sure. Um, all right, so we're, we're starting to run out a little bit of time here, um, and I know I definitely wanted to talk about the the buildup of your team. So we're going to try and compress that into into a, a short little segment here. But let, let's talk about you know uh, the 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 actual growth, the emergence of a team beyond uh, the two of you, and then you know potentially can, if if you can get into uh, you know tips that you have on managing your team. You know you've got these consultants and the contractors and everybody else. So um, yeah, I'll let you just run with it. Okay. Um, I think we started out when we, again, it was Amber and I, when we started to expand, we realized we had too much on our plate. We couldn't handle all the clerical stuff. We hired an office manager. She came work right in our home, right at our kitchen table. Her name is Susan, and um, she's been now with us for three and a half years. She has been um, the rock, kind of the cornerstone that holds a lot of things together around here. So that was the best decision and investment we ever made. We did a, it was a very long interview process because there was going to be someone who was going to be in our home and we wanted to make sure we didn't do the, go this again. We were, didn't want to be professional interviewers. We wanted to have the right person, and we made the right choice. Um, you know, from there, we've we've definitely been through our share of people to try and find the right team members. And again, just like finding contractors, the same thing with your team members. Things changed for us when we found the right inside consultant. Um, and we have a woman here now named Heidi that's been doing just a, a tremendous amount of work, bringing in new deals. And we now I've. I've released the reins to let her sell the properties. It is, that was difficult for me to do because that was always my side of the business. But I think any any successful business owner knows that to grow, you have to start to trust other people to do your work for you once you train them. And so she's been a wonderful student and has learned a lot about what we do. So that started from there. And we've hired a few other consultants on uh, after her. Um, you know, we now have we we've been through our share of project managers. Um, we now recently brought in a guy named Bill, who's um, uh, Amber's uh, assistant right now as a project manager, and we are grooming him to take over a lot of the jobs to give us some freedom, so we can focus more on marketing to bring in better, better, sweeter deals for ourselves and for the company. So, you know, uh, it, it's tough to do it in a quick segment, but just I guess it's just like it's just like the dating thing. You want to find the right people. It's going to take time. When you find the right people, take care of them. Same thing I just said with the people that we do business with, make them feel appreciated. I think it's important that you make them feel, do something special. Buy them lunch once in a while. Have a Christmas party. Oh, it's going to cost you 500 bucks. So what? You know, spend time investing in your people because that's, that's your future. When you find the right people, do that. On the, on the other side of the coin, when you know your gut starts telling you it's the wrong person, you got to cut that cord, even though it's not fun sometimes. So that's that's the best way you can build your team. Any thoughts on that, babe? I would say also don't make a decision out of desperation, uh, yes. which we've learned the hard way. Yes, 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 yes. Um, sometimes it's easier just to grab the first person because they might sound good on paper, but without doing your full due diligence. Um, with Susan, we took I think it was like a three at least three part interview. We spent the whole day with her one day, taking her out, showing her the properties. It was down to her and one other girl. Um, and we definitely made the right decision because we took the time to get to know her. And the same is true whether you're hiring contractors. You know, sometimes it's kind of a pain in the butt to go out and meet three different contractors at a job because it's, you know, three different appointments and three different hours out of your schedule. But 
if you hire the right one up front, oh my gosh, does it save you tons of headaches in the long run. It's exactly like what I said we kind of started this with today is about investing your time. It, you're, now you're investing your time in people and yeah. other people. And yeah. I think if you do that and you invest it wisely and, and do your homework and make the tough decisions when you have to, you can st- when you start to get relief pressure off yourself so you don't have to work 85 hours a day, man, it starts to feel a little different. You know, so I think that's that's important in team building. You just appreciate your people, and when you have good people, appreciate them and build them and train them. Make sure they know what the heck they're doing, because if they don't, they're going to be confused. Well, that, trust your gut. Yeah, and trust your gut. Amber just said that. that's a good. That's a great point. Your all of our guts are pretty smart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So just trust them. Hey, really quick, I I just want to chime in and say, hey, Brandon. I really appreciate you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Josh. If I could somehow get commission for that, yeah, can, that would be good if we could work that out. Can so. I get some cookies or brownies I'm have or something? Send you some brownies. All <laughs> 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 uh, right. Now, listen, that's that's great, great, great advice. Um, with that, we we're, we're going to segue uh, to to our, our our final segment here, which is our our you know. Uh, our usual thing here, the, the, uh, the famous what, what four. We, the famous four. The whatever. Famous we need a title four. for it. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um, but, uh, let, let's get to the four final questions here. Um, and, and both of you are, are welcome to, to answer independently if need be. Uh, let, let's talk about your favorite real estate book. What, uh, what would that be? Well, I have a favorite real estate book. The oh, Bigger Pockets book on flipping houses. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Hey, I, bought, I bought that by the way. Just I was supporting. Nice, nice. Just, you know, nice. that, it was good. I did read it, nice. so that was good. There you no, go. I, I, I listened to a lot more seminars, I think, um, than I have read books. Um, but I've, uh, I don't, not one is jumping out at me right now. But I, I certainly, I learn a little bit from all of them. There's always a little golden nugget whenever I read. I or I listen to something. I try and find that golden nugget. I don't really have something off the tip of my tongue that. I would say the same thing that Glenn just said, especially I, somebody was just asking me a question the other day about what do you think is the most important thing to do? And I, my answer was ed, be educated, educate yourself in, in the field. And whether it's that you're paying $10 for a book or $10,000 to be personally coached by someone, if let's say it was $10,000. If, if you get one nugget out of that relationship and that nugget helps you to flip, you know, 25 houses in the next few years, that was so worth it. So I, I don't know that there's one particular one that's the best. It's just really yeah. knowing your field yeah. and being educated. But the Bigger Pockets book, certainly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about uh, business books, non-real estate business books? Any, anything uh, hop out or... You know, probably for me, I think one of the ones that changed my life was back reading Stephen Covey, was it Seven Habits of Highly Effective People? Yeah. That was one that uh, She was, liked it, by the way, the, your, the baby. Your baby. Baby liked that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was one I think, and if you, you know, a lot of the relationship stuff that we do is probably driven off of that. You know, as I look back, that's probably 15 years ago I read that book, but that's, you know, that's one that's always kind of stuck with me. It's just kind of, again, investing your time in the right place. Not that I always do, but I certainly try. I, I like Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, that, that was a really good book. And I think in addition to learning about your field, I think personal development and personal growth is also a, a very big key because there's a lot of things about um, each of us as individuals that can hold us back, like, you know, fear of rejection. They may not talk about in a, a real estate book, but if you can grow as a person, that can be really advantageous, not only to your business, but your whole life. Nice. I think I think Amber's really favorite book though is My Husband is Awesome. <laughs> That's your favorite book. So. 
Wait, how do I how do I get a copy of that? I need. Yes. To yeah, I need to. I need to get one myself. <laughs> yeah, there uh, really is a one. So. <laughs> we, we should, the four we should... agreements is a really good one for personal development. What's that? The four agreements. Yeah, the four agreements. That was a good book too for personal development. How, how about hobbies? Any uh... scuba diving? Yeah, we're big. We're avid scuba divers. We're about a year ago this time. We were in Thailand scuba diving. We we like a lot of adventure stuff. We've been. Skydiving in Aruba. We've been uh, kite surfing. Kite surfing. We, we rode we, elephants. We swim with sharks. Yeah, rode elephants. Wow. We, wild monkeys. Yeah, <laughs> we have for wild monkeys and uh, crocodiles and all that. So Fear like is not a factor with you. Not so much. <laughs> no, no. We kind of. Yeah, it makes our private investors very nervous sometimes. But uh, we still take this after we return. I would so. take an insurance policy out on you guys if I were one of those uh, private investors. I know. I know. No, we enjoy our lives, and our, our kids are a big part of our lives. That's probably the biggest hobby now. They're all in sports, and they do things. And well, the one just her only sport is spitting up. But it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's you know, our kids are our lives. They're our number one thing. So that's with cool. with the real estate, though. I do have to say, I really like taking something ugly and making it beautiful. So. Even you know these rundown houses, we're we're really helping communities look better, and we're increasing, um, you know, just just the overall feels of the the community. Not to mention how many jobs we provide the community as well. I'm her biggest project, taking something ugly, making it prettier. Well, that goes without saying. <laughs> I'm a lifelong project for her. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, so last question before we wrap up here, and this is one that I asked everybody. So what do you believe, and each of you, yeah, I can answer this. I'd love to get both your opinion. What do you believe sets successful investors apart from the non-successful ones? Action. Yeah, that was my answer too. Nice. I mean, just I think just taking action. I my, by the very first real estate seminar I ever bought, I think, I don't the guy's not even around, Dave Del Dotto, I think it was Dave Del, whatever it was. This is back in 1987. Don't even tell me you weren't born yet, or I'm gonna Bare, never mind. barely. So, I was about your daughter's age there. <laughs> don't uh, don't like you at all anymore. <laughs> so, that was the first thing I ever bought off the TV, and um, you know they upsold me on the phone. I think I spent six, seven hundred bucks. But I learned a line. Here's the nugget I learned in that. I didn't use anything else in it, but I learned a nugget. And he said, "Action equals results, but massive action equals massive results." That always stuck with me. So I paid six hundred bucks for that twenty five years ago, but that always stuck with me, and I think that's always driven me. To know that if I take little bits of action, that I'll have a little bit of results. But if I take massive action, I can get massive results. So you decide what you want to do. And when you start your business or in life, just decide what you want to do, and you'll get results if you take action. If you take if you take no action, just read and think of. If you read Bigger Pockets every day, but never make a phone call, you'll never own a piece of real estate. Yeah. And it can be really scary doing your first deal or even your first several deals. We kind of went in with a sink or swim mentality. <laughs> I got I got to tell you this quick story as we wrap it up. I I. I It'll be appropriate. It'll be good. <laughs> that one house we did, the one house we did that was that we made thirty three thousand dollars on during the open house. The woman comes in. She's probably seventy five years old from across the street. Now picture, she's kind of a grandma type, and she walks in. And she said, "We've been watching you guys work all month. You know what you two have?" Now she's seventy five years old. I go, "What's that?" She goes, "You guys have balls." <laughs> so I go, oh, I, geez, "You can't say that." And she said, no, I just wanted – so I think you know, I laugh about it because of who said it and how it was said in the context. We all laughed hysterically. But you know, if you take action you know, and you can go after some things, it takes some courage to do it. But if you just take a little bit of steps, you can, you can do what we do. Anybody can do what we do. You just have to do it. Yep. So. Right, good. That's great. That's great. Well, listen, guys, it's been a, it's been a pleasure having you. We really appreciate uh, your time, and uh, I think people are going to definitely get some good nuggets out of this show as well. So uh, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. I want to thank you guys both for doing this bigger pockets. I think, like I said, never been attracted to any big blogs before, but I've been really impressed with what you guys put together. So keep up the good work. Thank yeah, you. Thanks, guys.
Thank you, guys. And that was our show with Glenn and Amber Schwarm. Woo. So quick, quick story. Um, we actually record this. We're recording this outro about a week after we uh, did the interview with Glenn and Amber. And in the mail today, I kid you not, uh, was a package with two chocolate brownies and a thank you <laughs> card from Glenn and Amber. Yep. And uh, first of all, those brownies were awesome. They were. They were they great. Were, I enjoyed them, Brandon, my kids. Uh, and uh, it just goes to show you that uh, these guys are the real deal. They're actually doing what they say they do, which is, I don't know, it's pretty awesome. It's rare that you see it, huh? It is. It's it's great, though. And it's really inspired me. Like, I, I totally want to start doing that now with everybody that I come in contact with. So uh, if you get some brownies from me, you can thank Glenn nice. and Amber. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. And of course, Brandon living in Washington State, you might enjoy those brownies more than others. <laughs> well, uh, listen, I hope it goes to show you that even if you're broke, even if you're in debt, even if you're new to this game, you can succeed if you just jump in and get yourself educated. And that's exactly what Bigger Pockets is all about real estate investing education. As always, you can become part of the community by heading over to biggerpockets.com and signing up for a free membership. Then be sure to head over to the forums and leave a new member introduction and let us know a little bit about who you are and what you're doing. Uh, also, big thanks to everybody for leaving us reviews on the iTunes store and for subscribing to the show. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate all the reviews we've been getting. And uh, if you like the show but haven't left a review yet, please do jump over to iTunes Help us out and uh, and do so. Every single one of those ratings help. Uh, every time you hit the subscribe button on iTunes, it helps us out. So uh, we, we definitely appreciate it. Finally, be sure to connect with us over on Facebook at facebook.com slash biggerpockets. And until next time, this is Joshua Dorkin signing off. You're listening to Bigger Pockets Radio, simplifying real estate for investors large and small. If you're here looking to learn about real estate investing without all the hype, you're in the right place. Be sure to join the millions of others who have benefited from BiggerPockets.com, your home for real estate investing online. Braving the real estate investing journey on your own can be daunting. Doubts tend to creep up and stifle your ambition. Is this actually a good deal? Did you run the numbers right? What if you can't find a tenant? Can you even afford this place? What if you lose your job? Whatever you're going through, we've all been there. And guess what? The best way to overcome your doubts and hesitations is with a healthy dose of knowledge, networking, and accountability. And that's just what you'll find in our newly released 2024 Summer Boot Camps. After these eight action-packed weeks of step-by-step -step guidance from expert investors, weekly video modules, live Q&As, interactive assignments, and new friends to keep you accountable, you'll be ready to tackle your first or next deal with full confidence and expertise. Choose from the small multifamily, short-term rental, or rookie boot camps and register by April 12th for the lowest prices. Head on over to biggerpockets.com slash enrollme today. That's biggerpockets.com slash enrollme. The content of this podcast is for informational purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results, and all hosts and participant opinions are their own. Investment in any asset, real estate included, involves risk. Use your best judgment and consult with qualified advisors before investing. Only risk capital you can afford to lose. BiggerPockets LLC disclaims all liability for direct, indirect, consequential, or other damages arising from reliance upon information presented in this podcast.